0: welcome to be the ceo of your life and business podcast with your hosts laura katina and amy mara this podcast was created for business women in particular who are juggling pursuing their career family life and all of the things that come along with it we know that building a career running a business and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work.
1: Welcome back to Be the CEO of your Life and Business podcast. This week, Amy and I want to talk to you about a topic that uh, we've touched on uh, throughout different episodes, but there's something that reminded me or or prompted this topic this morning, which was another podcast that I was listening to, which I will go into. But the topic is why you need good counsel. It's so important as a business owner, and not honestly, not even just a business owner, just in life, to have a good attorney yeah. that you can count on. Because there's always issues that are going to come up that you could benefit from having counsel for. But specifically today, we'll talk about business owners. And the reason this came up is because I was listening to, and I want to pull up the name of the podcast. David Bach is a very well-known financial expert, and he had a podcast called The David Bach Show. And this episode was like, I think it's from 2019, but it was a, a Q&A episode about a book that he wrote called The Latte Factor also a very good book and I highly recommend it. But at the end of the episode, he was being interviewed by somebody. So the person asked him if you could give like, I think he said like, if you could give like two tips to your sons, he has two children, what would they be? And I was expecting like financial tips or something having to do with money because he's a financial expert. Mm -hmm. And his number one tip was have a good lawyer. And I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Because um, it was so not what I was expecting, although I totally agree with him. But his number one tip was have a good lawyer. And it was because very early on in his career, he was working for Morgan Stanley. And he had written you know, his own book. He's written many books. But it was an intellectual property issue, a licensing issue. And he entered into a contract and didn't understand what it meant because he he didn't have a lawyer who, I can't remember if he didn't have a lawyer or the lawyer didn't explain it to him well, but his point was, you need a good lawyer. In any event, he entered into this contract, didn't understand what it meant. At the end of a year, thought that he was getting all of his uh, intellectual property back. And it turned out that the, whoever he contracted with got everything
0: mm-hmm. after the
1: year and he lost everything. And he said it was one of the worst lessons or best lessons, <laughs> however you look at however you want to look at it, that he learned, but he said you know the number one thing he would advise his children is that it's so important to have a good lawyer to represent you and be by your side to protect your interests and it really and it's so you know and he said you know people think lawyers are so expensive and they don't want to hire them. They don't want to spend the money. They think they can just wing it on their own. And sometimes you just can't. And you know, everybody hates lawyers until they need one. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, it was an interesting, such an amazing point that he made, but it really is so true. If you are running a business, it may, you know, cost you a little bit more upfront but even if it's just to, so important as a business owner. How many contracts do you enter into? Oh my gosh, contracts, so many, all the time, yep. for so many different things. And you know, as a business owner, you're busy running your business. Many business owners don't have the time to really sit down and dive into what does this contract mean for me, and
2: or, like, they will also keep using that same contract for years. And the infamous last words, well, nothing's ever happened yet. (laughs) We haven't been sued yet. Or a customer hasn't paid us or has always paid us. We've never had an issue. So that means that the contract is great. I mean, that logic would be wonderful if it actually worked because it doesn't. (laughs) Because the issues that we come across are issues like, not either knowing what your rights are, not understanding what the terms of the contract are, or kind of just sleeping on it and expecting, like, okay, it's been great so far, so nothing's gonna go wrong.
1: And I feel like a big part of it can be financial mm-hmm. um, because you know a business has many different expenses, and especially these days, where things could be tight. You know, after COVID, you know, so many losses that businesses has have sustained. But generally speaking, it could save your business money to have an attorney up front to review contracts with. And and you know what? At least for us, like we offer general counsel services at, you know, one of the things we offer is a monthly fee. So there's no financial surprise for the client. But, you know, it really helps to to know what you're facing before you're facing a problem because the attorney can help you issue spot, right? Or look at a contract. I've had clients send me contracts before say, can you take a quick, I think it's fine. Can you take a quick look at this? I just want to, you know, have your eyes on it. And I look at it and I say, well, do you understand what this means? This means, this means, and what the consequences will be for you if this happens. And they'll say, no, no, I didn't recognize that when I read the contract.
2: Right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Or you have the clients that come to you with an issue and they're ready to like run into court about it. And you say, well, wait a second. Have you taken a look at the contract? Have you taken a look to see whether or not that person's actually in default that you're not just wasting money starting a lawsuit when technically you're not, it's not ripe to sue yet. You're not at that point yet. You know, and one of the most recent examples I can have, this isn't even business related. This is just a personal individual that came to me that asked me to review a document when they were leaving their employer. And they asked me to review the documents because they, there was something about a non-compete or a non-solicitation provision. And I asked the person, I said, well, where's a copy of the non-solicitation and non-compete agreement? And they go, oh, I don't know if I even have one. I'm like, well, the employer's relying upon one and it's dated this date. So it has to be sometime around then. And it ended up being that the date was actually wrong. It was a date from like 10 years before this client of mine actually was hired. So the document itself was wrong they were about to sign it. They didn't have a copy of the non-compete, so they were going to sign something without even reviewing those. And you know that's an instance where, as an individual, it's important to reach out to an attorney because we're looking at it from a perspective that you might not be looking at it from. You might just say, oh, of course, I'm leaving my employer. These are the forms. I have to fill them out before I can leave. Otherwise, I can't leave or whatever it is, or I don't get my last paycheck. But when you have an attorney that's trained to issue spot, like Laura said, to deal with these kinds of issues, or we've seen them routinely over and over and over again, we know what to look for and we can help look for those issues.
1: And I think too, because we've represented, you know, multiple businesses and we're so familiar, especially uh, with the non-compete and non-solicitation yeah. aspect, it's a good point that you bring up and it's not even, you know, necessarily relevant for a business owner um, in this context, but I cannot even tell you the number of people that have contacted me over the last year or so asking me to review a severance agreement or some type of agreement like that. Like you just said, like they're leaving their employer. And most recently I've had a couple from Amazon and Google, you know, huge, huge companies with, you know, well drafted severance agreements and you know, I had to make sure that they understood what that meant for right. them because right. sometimes people will sign an agreement like this, not understanding what the terms are, especially in terms of the non-compete and the non-solicitation. And then they leave, they sign this agreement, they leave, they don't understand what they're waiving, they don't understand what the agreement means, and then they leave and then they get a, a letter, <laughs> you know- Explaining that they violated the terms of their non-compete. And they're like, What do you mean? Because right. they didn't understand it in the first place. You know, and if you're not familiar with these agreements, like Amy and I read them all the time. Yeah. So we could write them in our sleep, we could explain them in our sleep, like we understand what they mean, but for somebody who doesn't deal with this issue on a frequent basis, you know, it's not sometimes they're not easy to understand. So it's so important to have somebody that you can go to. On these issues to explain them to you, and which leads us into Amy, if you want to talk about the lawsuit versus non lawsuit aspect of this.
2: Yeah. When Laura and I were talking about this topic and about presenting it for the podcast, one thing that popped into my head is the idea, and I know I've said this on previous podcasts before, but attorneys are not just sitting there ready to like file a lawsuit at the drop of a hat. That's not the only role that we serve, at least for Laura and I. That's not the kind of attorney that we are, unless it's actually absolutely necessary to move forward with a lawsuit. And there are certainly circumstances where that is the case. But as an attorney, we also pride ourselves in being strategic counselors with our clients. And from the aspect of pre-litigation, where you're starting out a business, let's say, and you're Preparing your contract templates, which we've talked about before, and you need to know what terms you should include in your contract and which ones are going to protect your business's interests the best. That's something that you can do, that you can work with a good attorney in order to prepare those documents well in advance of any aspect or any point where there's actually an issue. But then when there is an issue that arises, there's the question of whether or not a lawsuit is appropriate whether or not the contract provides for it. I have one example that I can give something that's happened recently is I had been working with a client who had contracted with a contractor to perform some work at their house. And what ended up happening is that the contractor was taking their time, but not necessarily in breach of the contract to the extent that there were no damages yet to my client. And so while my client was... Um, insisting on the fact that they're you know uh, we need to go and bring them to court and we need to like sue I'm ready to go, and it gets very emotionally driven it's get it gets very charged in that sense and I had to step in to help them really evaluate the situation. Is that the best option? Is it the best option to go running and filing a lawsuit? Are you at a point where you can try and negotiate with the contractor. You can try and push them in another way in order to get them to perform. So there's other ways of looking at these things and and interpreting the contracts that you have, and also just speaking with an attorney that's experienced. You know, we we've dealt with these issues so frequently, and they happen over and over and over again. Right? I mean. This is like how we're trained in law school. We have to read hypotheticals, and we have to read them until our eyes are bugging out. And it's the same stuff over and over again. And we have to issue spot. Where are the issues? Where where's the resolution? Where is this heading? And by having an attorney help you with that perspective and like take that step out of the personal. Issue that's between you and your contractor, you or your employee, or whomever it is, and really talk to you about what your options are. It's priceless. It really is priceless.
1: And it's easier for an attorney to look at. Although this isn't always true, we talk about like sometimes they get a little crazy and take things personally Mm -hmm. um, in in the context of litigation. But for a business owner, you know. If you're working with an attorney, it's easier for the attorney to be objective and sit back and say, look, I know that this is emotional for you, either say you have like a customer that hasn't been paying you for months, right? Or you are a landlord that has a tenant. I'm running into this like, you know, most specifically this week, right? You, I have a client that owns a ton of properties and COVID has killed them with their tenants and people just won't get out. And so, but there are certain moratoriums in place, stays in place. It's very hard to evict somebody right now. And I have to say to them, like, I know this is so emotional for you. And when the time comes, there are steps that we will be able to take, but you have to, you have to just sit back for the moment, evaluate the situation objectively. For me, I have to explain, like you said, what their options are and just try to be the level-headed person in the room, looking at it objectively, and but also understanding where the client is coming from, um, if they're having an issue, um, and just kind of guiding them to a place where they're comfortable with whatever you're recommending. And especially if it's somebody that you, you know, have a relationship with, like how many, I mean, we have so many clients that we have developed relationships with over the year and that we counsel more in a general counsel capacity. So they come to us with, you know, a variety of different issues. And sometimes we have to say, no, you're wrong. Um, like, this is not, I know you are upset about this issue or you think X, Y, and Z, but this is actually, you know, not correct and yeah. have a discussion with them about it. But you know, When we're in that type of situation, it's easier for us to issue spot, especially if we have a relationship with the attorney, with uh, the client. And we've had, you know, like I said, so many experiences like that. Clients that come to us most, another one recently came to me, this, this client's not paying me and they explained to me the situation. And I said, you have to sit tight for a little bit. Not what they want to (laughs) hear. Right. And it's, and it's not always going to be what they want to hear. Right.
2: And on the flip side too, it's, it's the business owners or the clients that we work with that are saying, you know, something just doesn't feel right. I feel like there's something is going to happen. This issue is going to come to a head with, you know, a corporation or B individual, whoever it is that you're dealing with, you have to trust your gut. Also, and at the same time, don't be afraid to reach out to an attorney to talk to them. Don't wait for the lawsuit to happen in order for you to finally be like, oh, time to hire an attorney because, and we've said this, Laura, you just said this on a recent podcast. You can't wait. Sometimes it's too late. And then now you're going to be stuck spending more money than you probably could have staved off if you had forecasted better or worked with the issues a little bit better. And it's important, you know, the idea too that you're working with a good attorney. A lot of people are like, well, how, how do I know if this is a good attorney? How do I know if this is a person that I want to actually work with for general counsel? Like Laura and I have said, these relationships that we have with some of our business clients have taken us quite some time to develop. And they've developed to the point where our clients feel really comfortable in calling us up about issues from A to Z um, and talking about everything in between. But some of the markers of a great attorney are attorneys that are willing to speak to you and willing to explain things to you. One of my favorite phrases or quotes ever from Dave Ramsey is find a professional to work with that has the heart of a teacher. And Ooh, I love that. Isn't it? Isn't it so true though? Yeah. And I think both of us really try to lead with this. And we serve our clients this way. If if I'm not explaining something to my client well enough for them to understand it, I'm not doing my job and this position that I have, me being an attorney, it's there's a reason that I'm in this position and not everybody else can do my job because I've gone through the training, I have the years of experience, I'm building you know, the relationships, I'm going through the issues. And when you come to me, my job is to inform you from my perspective as your attorney. And if I can't teach it to you to the point where you can walk out of my office, understanding it and feeling comfortable with it, then I haven't done a good enough job and we have to come back again. And I never, ever am insulted by clients asking me to reiterate something, make, me under, make them understand something. I would rather them be 100% comfortable with the information and understanding it than just saying yes to me just because they don't want to offend me or hurt my feelings.
1: And I will say to people, to clients, you know, if I explain something, I'll say, does that make sense? Because if, if I'm not explaining it well, or if you're not understanding what I'm saying, then, you know, please tell me because I would rather that, you know, I have to find a different way to explain it and go over it 15 times, than you not understand it and then something goes wrong. And that doesn't matter what we're, it could be in the context of a lawsuit. It could be in the context of an employment agreement. I just had a a client who who runs a tutoring business that I've prepared some employment agreements for him. And I prepared the contract. I got on the phone with him and I said, we went through the provisions and I said, you know, does this all make sense? Do you understand what all these things mean? I want to make sure that you're comfortable with it and that you understand what the terms are because it's so important. What's the point of having a lawyer if they're going to explain something to you and the way they explain it, you're not understanding it. And then you don't know what you're agreeing to. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, going back to what David Bach said, our number one tip for business owners, (laughs) if we do say so ourselves, would be to make sure you have good counsel because it could save you time, energy, and money in the long run. And in the end, we, I mean, we have such great clients with, you know, that we have such great relationships with and it just makes business and life better. Right.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. I love practicing law when I get along with the clients that I'm working with and I feel like I'm serving them well and they, they feel the same.
1: Definitely. Uh, So we hope these tips were helpful for you today. And we look forward to speaking with you on the next episode.
0: so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more business women just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.